Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is Sunday, May 29th, last Sunday in May. We're getting close to a big June, a big recruiting June. So some news will pick up, but we've had a good amount of news this week that we'll get into here in just a moment. TJ Pinger, Richie Barnes. Richie, how's your weekend been so far? Pretty good and enjoying the long weekend uh, as every Memorial Day weekend comes around. I uh, went and saw Top Gun Maverick yesterday. Phenomenal movie. Definitely recommend that to anyone who wants to go see it. Um, and yeah, just taking it easy today and tomorrow. How about you, man? Pretty good. You mentioned the long weekend. I'm off for like a month right now because of the baby. Now I am like not sleeping a ton and there are some, I don't want to say this is negative, but there are some cons cons to <laughs> that too, but it has been nice being off for, for the last month. I will, I will say, or not the last month, but knowing that I'm going to be off for a month has, has been nice. Uh, it kind of makes every day the same. So there really are no weekend days. I mean, obviously just went to, took the kids to church this morning, but like, uh, it kind of makes every day Saturday, which is, which is kind of fun. So, um, but yeah, no complaints. Not to flex. I don't mean to flex so hard, but Top Gun, a lot of people said it was amazing and what a good weekend to go see it. So, um, Kara wants to go see it. I can't imagine we go see it in theaters just because of having to watch the baby and stuff, but can't wait until it comes out on whatever streaming service or if I just have to pay for it or whatever illegally downloaded or whatever we'll figure it out um but yeah doing well good weekend uh watch some watch a bunch of sports this weekend there was a bunch of stuff on from nhl playoffs nba playoffs champions league final i know you don't care as much about the soccer stuff watch a little golf this weekend plenty of Plenty of softball, although that was a little bit painful. Um, but yeah, a good weekend overall. Um, Excited for uh, Game 7 tonight. So we went to see Top Gun with my friends Mark and Rachel yesterday. And Rachel, I think you've met them before. Yeah, the Notre Dame tailgate. Diehard Boston, New England fan. Mark, diehard Heat fan. They said they had a huge fight the previous night, and they're ready to do it again. But I'm excited for Game 7 tonight. Yeah, the game the the last couple of games have been a little bit better. The first four games, like they were just all blowouts. You know, Boston would blow out Miami, and that's just terrible, right? Like there wasn't a good game in the series. Game five was pretty good. Game six kind of got a little bit out of out of hand. It was good until about the third quarter, and then Miami ended up taking a, a pretty good lead. Who do you, who you got winning game seven tonight? I I think Boston's the better team, but I I cannot go against Miami at home. I I'm, I'm haven't decided if I'm going to bet it or not, but I'm, I'm looking at Miami plus three, but I just, the heat, man, they're, it's just a winning franchise. And as a magic fan, that sucks to say, but they're just a winning franchise. I, I'm, I'm going to take the Boston heat is in a close fair, game. Though, right? They are. Yeah, it's true, but I'm going to take the heat tonight. What do you think? I hate both of these teams. Uh, as a Lakers fan, I certainly don't like um, Boston. So I think I hate Boston more, but Heat fans are more annoying on the timeline. So this is like, it's very difficult for me. Like my true passion, see like for college football, it's easy, right? We hate the Gators in Miami and their fans are the most annoying on the timeline. It's easy. Basketball is tough because in like the passion, the rivalry in me says like anybody but Boston but the Miami fans are worse, so I don't know. Go Warriors is, is all I have to say. <laughs> um, get it, get it, get it going, Chef and uh, Chef Curry and Clay and all them. Just, let's just get a sweep in, in the finals. So, um, oh, cool! Double fries, no slaw. Brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee. You can visit both their locations: eighteen eighteen West Tennessee Street, twenty five fifty North Monroe. Tell them that Double Fries No Slaw sent you. Make sure you get your gut box without the coleslaw. 
If you want to do an extra slice of bread, I know that's more of a Raising Cane's thing, but we'll let you do an extra slice of bread too. Extra sauce, of course. Um, but shout out the good folks at Guthrie's who keep us, keep the lights on here and keep us going and keep us doing what we do. Um, I actually spoke with them this week. We're do, you know, we're going to do a tailgate out in, uh, in New Orleans for the LSU game. I'm trying to figure out if we can bring Guthrie's in. We're not going to support Canes out there trying to figure out like the exact, like logistics around that might be a little much, but you got to do what you got to do. So we'll see. Shout out Guthrie's appreciate them. Appreciate all of their support and everything that they do. All right, jumping right into the show, we're going to talk a little bit of QB recruiting, talk about an offensive line commit that Florida State got a, out of the transfer portal, some folks that have arrived on campus, some um, news on Winston Wright, and uh, some kickoff times. We'll go around the horn, then we'll get out of here, try to keep you guys too long. If you're watching, if you're listening to this, if you do us a quick favor and just hit the retweet button, hit the share button, um, wherever you're listening from. If you're listening live right now or if you're listening on podcast later, if you'll hit the three buttons in the bottom of your phone and hit the share button to whatever social media, we certainly would appreciate it. Um, we love the interaction. We love the support. And so if you can do us that favor, we will certainly be appreciative. QB recruiting. Uh, Florida State has a commit right now at the QB position for the 2023 class, Chris Parson. He is still committed to Florida State, has been for almost a year. Some of the bell cow of this class um, has certainly been very vocal in his uh, support of Florida State. Sometimes QBs come in and they're not necessarily like the bell cow of a class. Obviously, last year that wasn't the case because Travis Hunter ended up kind of being that bell cow for the season. Obviously, we know what happened there at the final part, but he certainly was kind of the uh, the one banging the drum and, and the one that recruited uh, others to the class. Uh, but some news came out this week, and you kind of saw Florida State offer a couple of quarterbacks, um, four-star Ricky Collins and three-star quarterback Brock Glenn, um, which, you know, I don't want to say caused waves just so, you know, I don't want to say caused waves, but earlier in the year when a quarterback visited Florida State's campus and news of that got out, uh, Chris Parson did not seem to handle that super well, uh, removed everything out of the bio and, all of took all this Florida State stuff down. I think the staff had a conversation with him, then things kind of got smoothed out, um, smoothed over, and uh, he put all that stuff back in his bio. Put all you know, that's the new, that's the new, uh, taking somebody out of your top eight, right? If you remember MySpace or not, but uh, everything got smoothed out, but very much so did not handle that super, super well. And the news comes out today that Florida, or I'm sorry, this week that Florida State offered a couple of new, uh, uh, prospects offered a couple of new quarterbacks again Brock Glenn and Ricky Collins um following up from that Chris Parson tweeted out a couple of new offers that he had gotten and so just some interesting things to note I talked with Ingram Smith and Brendan Sinone Brendan of Knowles 247 um about his reports and some different things that had come out and um, some different sources he was talking to. And so we can kind of dive into a lot of that. A couple of big takeaways um, obviously shows that Florida State is either not finished at the quarterback position, wants to take another one. You would imagine that this means they do want to take two. I don't know exactly how Parson figures into, um, you know, long-term plans, what the uh, coaching staff's thoughts are there. Also, with Parson tweeting the offers, um, Parson has continued to get offers over the last year that he's been committed. And as a quarterback, you, you don't typically see a quarterback tweet offers um, if he's committed. 
And uh, you, you do sometimes from other positions, but don't always see that from a QB. Um, and so I think it was very much, you know, Florida State signaling to to him, hey, we're we're keeping our options open. And then him signaling right back to Florida State, hey, I'm I'm keeping my options open too. He tweeted a, an offer from uh, SMU and Mississippi State, if I remember correctly. And so anyway, there's kind of what has happened. Richie, what are your what are your kind of thoughts? Where do you think about all of uh I don't want to call it drama just yet, but just the quarterback news that has kind of come out in the last week or so. Yeah, like you said, it's it's not drop drama per se just yet, but I think Mike Norvell's looking at the quarterback room, seeing Jordan Travis, you know, may or may not come back next year. Um, and then what do you have behind him? You know, you got Tate Roadmaker, who's probably not going to contribute at Florida State, in my opinion. And then A.J. Duffy, who's a promising young talent. But the problem there is, you know, he's not going to be ready yet. And uh, Mike Norvell's looking long-term. He can't just bring in one quarterback, right? I think you have to bring in two qu- quarterbacks every year, whether that's a transfer in a high school player or two high school quarterbacks. Um, Ricky Collins committed to Purdue cur- currently out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I, I really like him. I think he's a good prospect. Um, at the cr- national ranked 176 uh, on the 247 composite. Um, Brock Glenn, a little lower down there, 428 national, but still a, a pretty good quarterback prospect. Most people have him going to Mississippi State right now. But I, I think it, you know, with like you mentioned with Parsons, it, in the visit from the quarterback uh, earlier in the spring, wasn't even the, like uh, the quarterback coming down on his own. He came with, with his team, and, and that really upset Parsons. I think, like you mentioned, tweeting out the offers. I, I don't think Chris Parsons signs with Florida State, um, and I, that's no inside information or anything. Just following recruiting as long as I have and seeing th- things play out the way they do. I, I think Mike Norvell's probably prepared for Parsons not to be in the class but obviously we take still would love to take him if he is um but he's definitely saying hey we're going to expand the board right now um we saw this last year remember Nico Marchiol committed to Florida State he knew we were pursuing other prospects he said it didn't bother him and then a week after AJ Duffy committed he's out so we've seen this story before right so I, I think it was Ingram who said it on the spaces that you guys had Friday I'd rather get a no from Chris Parsons now than in November. And I think that's probably where this is trending at this point. Yeah, no, it'll be, it'll be very interesting to see how the couple of visits that will happen go. Um, Ricky Collins coming in, I believe, is it next week? Is he coming in or is it a week and a half in two weeks? Right. I don't know. Whatever. It's either the, uh, this upcoming weekend or the one after here as June kind of gets kicked off. Um, be interesting to see how that goes, if there's any movement from either of those quarterbacks, um, and how that kind of impacts other people's decisions. I think that the biggest takeaway is that all three of these quarterbacks are somewhat similarly ranked. Ricky Collins ranked kind of the highest out of the three of them, Chris Parson in the middle of that. Um, and then Brock Glenn as a three star, the lowest ranked of all three, um, could easily see a situation where any two of the three end up in the class. And I don't think these will be the only ones that Florida State goes after. I think that, you know, Ricky Collins is a a kid that uh, is potentially going to be courted by Oregon. I know that Kenny Dillingham does a good job uh, recruiting out there, obviously um, former offensive coordinator at Florida State. And so it'll be kind of interesting to see how other how all three of their decisions impact others, right? 
if um, if Parson was to decommit, how much does Florida State turn it up on Collins and Glenn? If Collins was to commit, does does that give Glenn or Parson pause? If Glenn was to commit, does that give Collins or Parson pause? So I think there's just so many moving pieces at one time. I do think that uh, due to some, you know, again, this is not a ton of inside information either. You know, I think you can kind of just read the room on this and 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 kind of understand like what's going on. I do think that there have been some things that have happened. The um, the spectacle that was kind of made with the other quarterback that was on campus, um, just some some different actions that have happened around other situations that I think you want to make sure that your quarterback is um, the best, not only physically, but mentally, right? And I think you you need that leader. And I think that that's where Florida State's at right now, is trying to confirm that they're putting themselves in the best position for the future, right? Whether that ends up being Parson, whether that ends up being Collins, whether it ends up being a, a quarterback that's not even on the board right now or hasn't been offered, right? So I think the next month's going to be very telling. I would imagine there's a little bit more clarity around the direction that a lot of this is going by the end of summer. So maybe around that August, September timeframe, that's when these kids will be playing their senior seasons. And a lot of times they like to have that kind of ironed out and finished up. So we'll see how the visit goes with Collins. We'll see if, if Glenn schedules an official visit or kind of where that goes. But I, I like you said, it's better – if Parsons up in this class, we'll cheer for him just like we do every other kid that's ever committed to Florida State and come here. Um, if he doesn't, you would very much rather have that happen, like you just said, and like Ingram said. You'd rather that you'd rather get told no now than in December because it, it hurts a lot more uh, when it's on signing day, as we all know. Oh man, yeah, that's this fan base after Travis Hunter and, and Amarius Mims. We can't do, handle a whole lot more than that. Um, but you know, and we kind of touched on it and this isn't a slide on Parsons at all, but you know, he's not like a can't miss five-star prospect, right? He's a very good talent to, I would love for Florida state to, to sign him. But again, it's not like you're losing Jameis Winston at, at the last minute. So it'll be interesting to keep an eye on, on the quarterback board and see what happens. Because like you mentioned, Ricky Collins coming in in the next two weeks or so, if he pops, I wouldn't be surprised to see Parsons say, Hey, I'm taking an official visit to Mississippi state or SMU or wherever at that point. So it's definitely some, something to, to keep an eye on. Um, but yeah, I think either way, I think Mike Norvell, it, this cycle is preparing for whatever may happen with, with any of these prospects um, because he knows he needs to bring one in. And like I said, I think you need to sign two quarterbacks, whether that be a prep and a transfer or two high school guys, either way, I, I think you need to have two uh, scholarship quarterbacks every class. Yeah, for sure. And and it, it also just speaks to the, like how kids are, how kids kind of like think and process things. I mean, kids want to go somewhere and play, right? And, you know, Florida State, you know, puts out that, or, you know, it, it's released and announced that Florida State makes a couple of offers and, you know, Parson then tweets out a couple of offers that he has. And even, you know, I understand Mississippi State's in the SEC, but, you know, you tweet out a couple of offers from schools that are certainly a step down from Florida State. But would you rather come into Florida State and be the third guy on the bench or would you rather go to Mississippi State or SMU and start, right? Like, I and I, saw, I think that's the other thing, too. Like I said, I think Parson is a good talent, 
Um, I don't think he's a camp. I, I think that we I, just look at the offers, right? That look, you know, kind of look at where somebody ends up, right? And, and if if he was to end up at Georgia, right, or Alabama, I'd say think we'd say like, man, we really blew it if if Georgia or Alabama picks him up. If he ends up at SMU, Mississippi State. I, I don't know that that ends up being a massive loss, right? And Ingram and, and Brandon kind of talked about this too, right? Florida State's not in a position right now where we're in, where we're battling for the Jameis Winston type quarterbacks. Like, there's a reason Archie Manning hasn't been, ha, we haven't heard anything, uh, or Arch Manning, sorry, ha, haven't heard anything, you know, from him and Florida State. Like, that's just not the, that's just not the pond that Florida State's swimming in. And so, yeah, I think that these guys are all relatively similar talents. You want the guy that's going to be the best fit for your offense. You want the guy with the highest ceiling, and you want the guy that's got the best head on those shoulders. I don't know who that is. I don't get paid millions of dollars to evaluate quarterbacks and figure out who that is. That's on Mike Norvell and staff to figure out, right? And I think we'll have a lot more clarity over the next couple of months on who they think that is. And, you know, proof will be in the pudding, but probably won't even know the answer to this until like two or three years from now. So we'll see. Yeah, and like you mentioned, you know, Chris Barson, his his offer list – Florida State, Alcorn State, Arkansas, Kendall Bryles leading up the recruitment there. So that, that's a, actually a really good offer, in my, in my opinion. But then it's you look at Illinois State, Indiana, Iowa. So, yeah, that's that's kind of where Florida State is right now. Obviously, we'd love to be recruiting against Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. Um, but that's just not where we're at. Like you mentioned, Arch Manning is not coming to Tallahassee anytime soon. Um, hopefully, the season plays out the way we think it might. And the recruiting class this cycle gets a little better to when we are fighting against a, you know, a Georgia, Ohio state, Alabama at that point, we're just not there right now. Yeah. So moving on from QB recruiting to offensive line recruiting, you mentioned Mims. This is not the replacement for Mims by any means, but Dimitri Emanuel, Charlotte offensive line transfer commits to FSU. Um, a pickup, a, a big pickup for Florida state who needs depth at the offensive line. Again, I know that this is not as exciting or sexy or like riveting as a Marius Mims would have been, but Florida state goes out and gets Charlotte offensive line transfer who had tweeted two weeks before his commitment and announcement that he had picked up an offer from Miami. So Florida state stuffs Mario Cristobal and life wallet into a locker and Emmanuel commits to Florida state. Obviously the heavy ties with Alex Atkins, who is the best recruiter on staff right now has proven that um, picks up an off- another offensive line piece some depth there um, in the trenches and uh, maybe more on the way, but thoughts on the offensive line pickup, Richie uh, by Florida state this week. Yeah, I think it's a great take. Um, You know, it wasn't a situation where he was either going to stay at Charlotte or go to Florida state. You know, he did have other options out there and and you can say he was, or wasn't a take for Miami, but definitely other schools uh, at the power five level were interested in him, wanted him. Um, I love the take just because Alex Atkins knows, exactly what he's getting right he coached him for a year at charlotte i think that's a big deal so with alex atkins uh, now the offensive coordinator at florida state he's not going to just bring in a guy from his old school just because right like he he says okay are are you going to contribute and help and and i think there's a really good chance he starts opposite of dylan gibbons uh on the right guard so i i think it's a great take it's it's somebody that even if he doesn't start you feel comfortable putting him in. So again, but this offense line is not going to be road graders. It's not going to be, you know, dominant and just running people, people over. But I do think it's, he's a capable player. You know, he's obviously the interior guy. Um, 
put him with Caden Lyles, Dylan Gibbons. I, I really like the interior if that's what we're look, looking at he- heading into the Duquesne game. Yeah, without a doubt. And we'll take as many. Give me all of the offensive linemen, right? And I'll 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 never turn down any of them. Uh, speaking of offensive linemen, Antavius Woody set to enroll next month, pending one last academic hurdle. Um, a lot of people were reported that he had signed on signing day. That was never the case. And so check your check your facts, check your sources of, of where things happen. Um, Newberg mentioned this somewhat on the spaces back when we were doing them every single day. Um, sometimes kids will just sign a piece of paper. He did not have an NI, I'm sorry, an NLI uh, from Florida State. Um, however, with how enrollment works, I mean, he can just enroll at any time. You don't necessarily have to sign uh, a letter of an intent in February or in December to make you part of a class. But he was not. Uh, part of Florida State signing class. Florida State never tweeted about him, never mentioned him in any way. But if he gets over this last academic hurdle, he could get into Florida State um, and just enroll in the, in the next month. I don't know what that academic hurdle is. I don't expect Woody to come in and, and play this year or anything like that. Um, but a, another guy that they can kind of add that depth piece, um, Florida State beat out a, a good SEC school, a good SEC program in Auburn for Woody, and so would be big for him to uh, to get to campus and, and be part of the program going forward. Obviously, we've done a good job of fixing a lot of things with Band-Aids in the portal. This is, you know, with him and Armella and different guys that they've picked up on the offensive line, a, a piece that may help you for years to kind of come in the future. So fingers crossed that he does end up getting in the class and enrolling at Florida State. Yeah, I think, you know, 6'3", 291, he, he's got a good frame. Like you said, Auburn really wanted him. Um, and they, they may have cooled off a little bit because of the academic issues. Um, but, hey, if he gets here, who cares, right? We know there's some hurdles. We hear this every year. Any recruiting class, you're going to have one or two guys who have, you know, a, one or two academic issues that they may need to clean up. It, it sounds like he may have done that. So really excited to see him and Destin Hill show up here in a few weeks, right? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, we'll get to that second one in just a minute. But um, I, yeah, I think it's really, it's really neat because uh, you know a kid that literally just wasn't going to get in is is now probably going to be able to get in because he put in the work and he put in the effort to do it. So many times you, you know, just hear about you know you kind of just see that hey, kids don't get in because they don't put in that effort they don't put in that work hats off to him for for doing what he needed to do to get in and get uh to be part of the class if it happens i guess that's maybe a premature congratulation um but we'll kind of see what uh what happens there um you mentioned destin hill i mean there's still optimism around it now would be the time right like you, you if you're coming in the summer you know you've got different guys getting to campus different guys getting on campus um now would be the time, right? So if Destin Hill will be here, we'll we'll kind of see. I don't know that it makes that big of a difference in all reality. You know, being out of football for as long as he has, at the end of the day, he's probably going to be a rotational piece. He's not going to come in and just be your automatic number one. I'd love for him to prove me wrong with that. But, you know, you, you'll take all the bodies you can in that room as well. You know, we went into uh, last year being ranked the 14th out of 14. Um, wide receiver rooms in the conference, uh, you would think that uh, addition to that room would be incredible just so that uh, 
somebody's got to be better, right? Somebody's got to work out and be better. So uh, speaking on the wide receiver room, Winston Wright, uh, recovery seems to be going pretty well. Posted an Instagram video of rehab in a pool. I've seen a couple of people kind of predict that they think he'll be ready by week zero. Again, not getting the entire spring and then not getting all of fall camp, you know, certainly isn't ideal for him. But the guy that was supposed to come in and be your number one or be the guy that you had the most confidence or faith in um, coming in and being able to start that week zero game, or even if he wasn't there for that one, but got in for the uh, LSU game or wherever kind of down the road, when you get to like what I called on, on spaces the other day, hell month with October having Clemson, NC state and wake forest all back to back to back um, would be really, really big for Florida state to be able to get him back there. Um, Richie thoughts on Winston, right. And the recovery. Yeah, I think that's potentially huge because, uh, you know, just a few weeks ago, uh, for, based on everything we heard from people that that would have knowledge, it, they weren't optimistic he'd play at all this year. They, the, the assumption was he would take a red shirt and, and uh, you know, come back fully healthy for 2023. But it sounds like he, it's going along really well. Now, again, uh, catching a football while, you know, wading water in a pool isn't the same as going out against LSU and trying to run a post, but it, it's promising at the least and he's a guy who caught 63 passes last year at West Virginia um you know he's a proven commodity he's instantly your most proven player in the wide receiver room at Florida State if he's healthy week zero for Duquesne um I've just loved seeing him and you know it we take away so much from these videos and whatnot, but he looks like he was in really good spirits um he didn't look like you know defeated down on himself like what was me I'm really excited and if he he is available. Like you said, he missed the spring that, that sure. But at the same time, he's a guy that caught, like I said, 63 balls last year, 47 the year before. So he, he's, he's, he's a proven power five receiver. And instantly, I think our best player and put him with Micah Pittman and, you know, pokey coming back. I, I think it's not going to be a great wide receiver room, but like you mentioned, it's not going to be the worst in the ACC, which is what we've kind of seen in the past few years. Now, speaking of that, this wasn't on the outline, but I did want to talk about it. Um, I listened to a Spaces the other day um, with uh, David Hale, Andre Adelson, and I think Roddy White, maybe. Uh, Roddy White, the Georgia Tech guy, or the Wake Forest, I don't know, whatever. And they ranked their, they were ranking quarterback rooms. So you, you saw David was 14 of the 14 for Florida State. They were ranking quarterback rooms. And I don't know if you were in there or not. Were you in there or no? Okay. Um, since you weren't in, I didn't want to ask this if you were in there. Since you weren't in there, can you give um, me your guess at where they ranked? They all had, they had, well, two of them had the same ranking. One had um, another one and they were not super far from each other, but can you give me a guess where they ranked Florida state's quarterback room? The quarterback room as a whole, my goodness. I, I, I like Jordan Travis when he's healthy. Um, we've seen Tate, we know what that is, and we don't know if AJ Duffy is ready. I'd say around 10th or so, if I had to guess. That's not bad. So I think David and Roddy had him at ninth, and Andrea had him at seventh. Um, and so um Andrea actually had us one ahead of Boston College with Jerkovich. Um, and her reasoning actually was that backup spot. So, like I know we belabor like our backup spot. And most of that is because of how much Jordan has missed, right? 
But most people's backups are about that same level. Like you saw Chubba go to another, you know, like nobody just has an amazing backup, right? Like every once in a while you'll strike Chubba gold. Chubba transferred right? like, to be third string. I, I just had to say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> but nobody has like a great, great backup, right? Like, the, I mean, you know, when you rank the Bucks quarterback room, they're in the top five. And it has nothing to do with who their backups are, right? Like, or, you know, however you kind of rank Brady at this point. But like, you know, yeah, if Brady goes down, the Bucks are going to suck. Like that just is what it is, right? Like if, if, if uh, who has the best quarterback room in the ACC? Okay, maybe like Miami. Maybe you know we all know who those teams are. Well, if if Tate goes down, or I'm sorry, Tate, if um, Van Dyke goes down, like they're going to be terrible too. You know, like there's not so you know Clemson doesn't even actually, have a good starter. So yeah, that's the best team in the right. league. It we were ahead of Clemson. Yeah, in all three of their rankings, we were ahead of Clemson, right? And so. Um, you know, the teams ahead of us, unfortunately, we play like all of them. The teams ahead of us were Miami, Louisville, NC State, Wake Forest. Um, uh, I'm, who am I missing here? Um, Miami, Wake Forest, Clemson, uh, not Clemson, Miami, Wake Forest, NC State, uh, Louisville. Oh, who else in the ACC? Obviously, I wasn't paying attention that much or else I would have already known this. I think it, I think it's probably fair if you said that Boston College and Florida State were right there because Jerkovich is very similar to Jordan Travis, right? He's a very good college quarterback, and he makes that offense run. And if he goes down, my goodness, we saw what happened. We saw how bad they were, yeah. And I think they think that, you know, because Tate did have a little bit of experience last year kind of on the field, wasn't great. Like, none of it was, you know, none of that experience was great. But just the fact that it's his third year, and like, he's been in the system for a while, he – has more experience than like whoever Jerkovich backup is. Um, they watched Boston College's offense without Jerkovich, and because Florida State is pretty run heavy, they can still kind of do some things if Travis was to go down. The problem is, I, you know, if Wake Forest, if Hartman goes down, like they're in just as bad a shape as us, right? Like, I mean, at the end of the day, like they're in just as bad shape. The problem is, like, Hartman hasn't gone down as much, right? Jordan Travis hasn't made it through a season healthy yet. And so that's the biggest, you know, that's why it maybe makes a little bit more impact. But a top seven, I mean, she has seven. They had us at nine. And they all said that Florida State was kind of the dividing line, right? Or there were three tiers. Good, eh, manageable, like above average, and then bad, right? Like everybody behind Florida State or BC or like however you had kind of had that, not good. Everybody above Florida State, BC, everybody above that seven to nine range, good quarterbacks, right? Like there was a different tier um, of those guys. Again, unfortunately we play all those guys that are on the, uh, there, there are the some good quarterbacks that. in this league, TJ. Like you think yeah. about it, like Van Dyke's probably a first round guy, guy. If he progresses Hartman, Leary at NC state, uh, we mentioned Jerkovich. It, it, it's a good league of quarterbacks. And I'll, I'll be, I put Jordan Travis up there right against, pretty much any of them on a college football field. Like uh, when we're talking Sundays in the NFL, that's a different story. But what he does on a college football field in, in this Mike Norville offense, I like I like what we have, assuming, like you said, the man has to stay healthy. Yeah, no doubt. So that was on the outline, but wanted to bring that up. Uh, a couple comments here. Wesley, what's up, my man? Thank you for, uh, for your comment. Um, thank you for the congratulations as well. We are, where are we at? 10 days in so far and... 
my older kids love the love the baby, so that's that's fun. Carol, when hearing that Winston Wright may be good to go for game one, yep, mentioned that uh, against Duquesne, supposedly Destin Hill on campus soon. Fingers crossed. There, we've been hearing that for years now, uh, but hopefully that is the case. Uh, going forward now i want to give a quick shout out to garnet and gold um, appreciate them and all the work that they do to support us and keep us kind of going and clothed and looking good i had an excellent excellent uh onesie with a little collar he looked like a little football coach uh for my newest edition lincoln thomas um, our son we literally he literally came home in his garnet and gold uh onesie so shout out to garnet and gold for getting that uh hooked up I mean, I say hooked up. I mean, I, I I got it. But like, shout out to Garden Gold. You can use code NOSLA, N-O-S-L-A-W, for 15% off your order. If you're in Tallahassee, you can pick up your order in person. You can select store pickup, and you save on shipping. Um, but if you're not in Tallahassee, if you order over $75 worth, you do get free shipping. I know that's big time Harlan Harris bread. Shout out Harlan Harris for his birthday today. Uh, but... 15% off if you use code NOSLAW, N-O-S-L-A-W, no spaces, at checkout at garnetandgold.com. Support Noel-owned businesses. Support the people that support the boosters. I've also employed thousands of FSU students throughout the years. Uh, shout out Garnet and Gold. Garnetandgold.com. Appreciate all of their support for sure. Um, kickoff times were announced this week. Duquesne, 5 p.m., LSU, 7.30. Kind of knew that that would be a, a p.m. game because it was on a Sunday. Uh, Louisville, also 7 p.m., kind of knew that that would be a 7 or 8 o'clock because it's on a Friday. And then UF, 7.30, kind of knew that one as well just because they weren't going to put us on a Friday and it not be a night game. I think that was already even announced back when the announcement that that game got moved to a Friday was made. So the only one really that was there was any kind of question about was Duquesne. Uh, 5 p.m., I probably would have preferred a little bit later here um, just to kind of get a little bit more attendance, you know, a little bit more excitement with a night game always. But 5 p.m., whatever, I, I don't have to stay up as late, I guess, and can watch other stuff. I also don't know what the actual schedule looks like, you know, that for that week zero game. Um, I'd be interested to see, you know, what else is kind of happening that kind of bumped that out of the 8 p.m. Um, actually, I'll answer you right now. Florida A&M plays at North Carolina. That is the night game on ACC Network. So Florida State plays on ACC Network for that Duquesne game at 5 p.m. And then the night game is Florida A&M at North Carolina. Not a ton of great games that week. There's never anything that's like super exciting on a uh, on a week zero matchup. But at least we we'll have Florida State football to kind of be excited about. The next best team that plays that week. I mean, Florida State is you know, looking at it really quick, you know, yeah, is the best team that plays that day. So that's kind of exciting. Northwestern, Nebraska, um, Wyoming, Illinois, Charlotte, Florida Atlantic, um, North Carolina, Florida A&M, and Vanderbilt, Hawaii. Yeah, I think I'd take Florida State as the best team on the, uh, on the slate that day. Uh, but 5 p.m. for Duquesne, any thoughts around that one way or the other? Not really. I mean, I'm, I have no plans to – to go to Tallahassee for the Duquesne game. We'll be in New Orleans the, the following weekend. Um, I almost prefer a noon game, to be honest. If I'm oh, watching, way too hot for that. Way well, too hot for that. So that, that's a different. We don't question. know hydration in Tallahassee. If, if I'm if I'm watching at home, I prefer noon or 3 30 for almost any game. Like it, whether it be Clemson, Miami, Florida. Like I enjoy night games, don't get me wrong, but mo most games 
I just want to get it out of the way so I can watch the rest of the game stress-free the rest of the day. Uh, but I think it's, I think five o'clock is actually a really good time for this game for people planning to attend because it won't be overly hot. It's still going to be hot. 5 p.m. in Tallahassee in August is brutal. Um, but I think it, you mentioned that the attendance should get a slight boost being 5 p.m. Versus, versus like a noon or one o'clock game. Um, so I, you know, we'll see a, a lot of primetime Knowles games this year. Um, and we only have four of the game times right now. So th- there's probably more to come. So um, my old, you know, self is going to have to stay up late this season to watch a lot, a lot of these games because I'm typically in bed before they kick off. Yeah, I'd imagine the Miami and the Clemson games end up being 3.30 or later based on how the season is going for both of those. And so then you've got six games that are happening after the 3.30 window or the 3.30 window and later. Um, I would imagine that late in the year, um, you could see that Louisiana game kind of late because it'll probably be picked up by the ACC network and you know, not a ton of games happening uh, on that weekend. Probably just depends on how Florida State is playing at that point. Um would imagine that that Boston College game ends up being a noon or 3.30. Don't think that'll be super late unless Florida State comes into that with a, a you know, a 3-0 record with a win over Louisville and LSU. I mean, that could be pretty interesting to see. Uh, NC State, I'm sure that'll be a 3.30 or later game because they should be pretty good this year. And then you have a brand like Florida State going to Raleigh. I, I think that would probably be a little bit later of a start. Um so, yeah, I think you got a potential. Hopefully that's not an eight. I'd love for that to be at noon, but 330 is probably where that'll land. Um, you know, Georgia Tech, I, I kind of expect that to be kind of an early one. Syracuse, that'll be an early kick. Um, but, yeah, should be a lot of fun stuff. I mean, Wake Forest coming here, I could very well see that being a 330. Um, so, yeah, I think that you'd probably have like three or four noon kickoffs on the schedule, the rest of it kind of being late afternoon stuff. I'm pretty much with you on the new, like I don't have a problem when there's a noon game at all. If I'm just watching on TV for this one, my daughter's fourth birthday party is that day. And so uh, five o'clock is perfect because we'll be wrapped up with everything. And, uh, and I can go out on the back patio and watch it and, and uh, sweat my tail off. So anyway, kickoff times announced nothing super shocking. 5 PM is good for me. Little cooler that second half and not just absolutely die from, from the heat. Um, it should be good there. So I, uh, I don't have a problem with any of that. Okay. I'm going to go, do you have anything else football? And then I'm going to go around the horn and we'll get out of here. Good to go. Okay. So women's golf finishes up their season. Um, they made an absolute incredible run at the, uh, NCAA championships qualified for match play. For those that don't know, you play three rounds of stroke play, the fourth round is a qualifier. You have to qualify for that fourth day. They not only qualified for that fourth day, they finished in the top eight. They finished sixth out of eight, and they ended up making it to the quarterfinals, which is uh, match play. Fell on on a playoff to Texas A and M, uh, three to two. So really, really good match. They were the underdog for sure, taking on th- the three seed as the six seed, but ended up falling to Texas A and M in a playoff. But best finish in program history so shout out coach bond and the ladies of fsu women's golf the men are holding on right now trying to hold on and needing a big day today um they they theoretically they could they could get back into it today what they'll what will be really tough is you know they need to finish top 15 today then they would need to finish top eight to get into that same match play that same format um right now they are only four strokes off of the top 
15. So they could get there, uh, but then they're another uh, past that seven strokes off of uh, the top eight. So do what you can, survive in advance, worry about tomorrow, tomorrow if you can get there. But the men are also competing out there in the NCAA championship. Shout out to Coach Jones and uh, and their team as they continue to compete there. Um, baseball went one and one in the ACC tournament. They won their first game in blowout fashion, 13 to three against UVA, lost to Notre Dame as a rally in the ninth inning, fell a little bit short. They will find out where they're going tomorrow afternoon um, when the regionals are announced. Fingers crossed there for the regional announcements. Um, Track and field had a great weekend with several tickets punched to Eugene, Oregon for the NCAA championships. Friend of the show, Trey Cunningham, ran the fifth fastest collegiate time um, in his competition in the hurdles. Um, Adjusted, it would have been the best time ever because he was running into a headwind. Uh, best time ever at the collegiate level. So it was. Did the you see the video? Time. Did you see yeah. the video of him running? Like he's finishing he as as everybody else is clearing their last hurdle. Like he's yeah. finishing it. At that it point. was absolutely it was ridiculous. Stupid. Yeah. Go find FSU underscore track and watch the video. Really, really good stuff. Um, they're on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you can kind of find them and follow them. Um, Petra Huell finished up her cl- collegiate career at the NCAA tournament as one of the most decorated women's tennis athletes of all time. She holds a record for FSU being the highest ranked individual um, in FSU women's tennis or in yeah uh, women's tennis history at Florida state got up to number three in the nation, which is really pretty incredible uh, in the singles. She finished up her collegiate career at, in the singles and doubles. Um, so all that we have left at this point, men's golf, still competing um, baseball, finding out where they're going in the regional this week. And track and field uh, sports are winding down, uh, but recruiting is about to wind up. And then obviously can't finish without um, talking about the softball team. Tough, tough loss um, to Mississippi State this weekend. It, uh, I'm sorry, last weekend, while we were live on the air, Mississippi State took the lead and ended up holding on for the win. Um, tough, tough way to go out but should not undermine how great of a season the team truly had. Um, it definitely is upsetting when you go out the way that they did, but uh, to win 50 plus games, to win the ACC, uh, to sweep your rivals, um, they were absolutely fantastic. Um, a true representation of what is the best of, about Florida state and about um, the Seminole brand and so it stunk to watch them lose, but uh, man, they were they were a ton of fun to watch this year. They were a ton of fun to support, and so I'm ready for next season to kind of come out and and get going again because they're I don't want to say it. I can't say it live on the air, but they're one of my favorite teams on campus. I'll just say that they're they're a lot of fun to watch. They're a lot of fun to interact with. Just really down to earth. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing for for as elite as they are, they are the most down to earth. Um, best people to interact with. Um, and if you disagree with that, get, you know, get your players on, on here so you can, they can beat them out, but uh, they are the best people to interact with on, on campus for how elite they truly are. And so sucked watching them drop, but uh, excited for next year for sure. So uh, that's my round the horn, Richie, you got anything on any of that or anything else before we get out of here? Yeah. Just, just really happy. The ladies did at least win that ACC championship. So they do have a trophy and some hardware to bring back to talent. Tallahassee, like you mentioned, 
54, 55 wins, whatever it was, less than 10 losses on the season. Um, and, and as you mentioned, like we're Florida, Florida State fans, right? We'll cheer for the worst person in the world if they're wearing garnet and gold. But the the women's softball team, Coach um, Sydney, like all, all the girls we, we've interacted with, they're just really good people. And like you mentioned, just, it makes it that much more enjoyable to watch them. Um, a lot of great sports on Florida State's campus. And I'm glad, you know, we use this podcast not really for as a football one, but as all Florida State sports, because I, I love getting to know the, these coaches and players. Yeah, no, it's been it's been really, really great. I love the interaction that we have with the coaches and players like Richie just mentioned. And um, it makes it honestly, though, it does make the losses harder because you not only like you're like, oh, my school just lost or my team just lost. You feel for the people. I reached out and chatted with a couple of the players and, you know, they're they're super appreciative of the support, not only, you know, by the pod or whatever, but just by the fans in general. And uh, I saw David Plack of, of the uh, marching. She just tweet about, you know, the it hurts so much because we care so much. Right. And so it sucked, but uh, try and rebound and, and get after it again next year. I just hope uh, I was telling Harlan this before. Shout out Harlan. Happy birthday. Uh, but I was telling uh, Harlan this beforehand. I think I just want Oklahoma to win at this point. Because if somebody else wins, I'll really be like, dang, that really should have been us. If Oklahoma just wins, then it's like, ah, no big deal. Yeah, it's like Alabama winning in football. Like, yeah, whatever. You're like, it ah, happens. Whatever. But yeah. So anyway, appreciate the uh, appreciate the run that they had, the year that they had. Again, ACC champs can take that away. Swept your rivals. Um, pretty pretty impressive. 2-0 against the Gators. 4-0 against Clemson. Um, you know, won the ACC. So many comebacks, you know, wins against so many teams that are, you know, in the regional from Tennessee to UCF to UCLA uh, to, you know, Alabama was a was a host, uh, Oklahoma State, Clemson, Duke, uh, obviously the win against Virginia Tech. Um, just really, really impressive. And uh, we'll go get them next year for sure. So, all right, that's all I've got. Richie, you got any shout outs before we get out of here? Uh, no shout outs this week. Uh, go watch Top Gun, guys. Maverick, phenomenal movie. <laughs> we will be back on Sunday. I can't imagine that we have any pop-ups this week. I will be doing an FSU Spaces tomorrow with Seymour Sachs. Shout out Seymour. I kept him pretty tame the first time. I'm going to see if I can do that again for round two. Did a show with Ingram and Brendan Sinone on Friday. You can go to patreon.com slash FSU Spaces to get that for free. There is no charge for it. You can get everything you want on there for free. If you need anything, shoot us a DM. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some info coming out over the next couple of weeks about a tailgate in New Orleans. I know a lot of people have asked about that. Appreciate you guys' support. Again, if you listen to this, if you watch this, hit the retweet button, hit the share button. We certainly appreciate all those who tune in, all those who listen back to it on replay, and uh, help us get the word out a little bit as we talk about FSU. Like Richie said, not only football. I know football is a main focus of it, but all sports, all athletic programs here on Double Fries No Slaw. Get the word out. Hit the retweet. Hit the share button. We will see you guys again next week. Until then, go Knowles.